What's up, what's up, y'all? This is Dave. And this is Devin. And you're listening to the Dave and Dev Podcast. Dave and Dev. Gotta keep it real like Dave and Dev. On my job like Dave and Dev. Tell no lie like Dave and Dev. Some days I wanna stay in bed, but I get ready for the day ahead. I wanna complain, but I pray instead. Then I'm on my way to the Dave and Dev. And it go like, I don't need a crew. Don't play by he say, she say rules. Don't play, no, we can't do. I'd rather have faith while G-O-D make moves. So please stay cool. All, all I do is speak the truth on things I see they do. I'm a sinner myself. No lie, I need grace too. We lit like EKU. Yeah. What's up, Devin? Yo, what's going on, Dave? How you been, man? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's Tuesday, August 4th. This is super weird. Again, we're a little off kilter, but recording on a on a Tuesday evening. But hey, I'm I'm happy to be here, man. Yo, so I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Uh we got the special guest of no one this week. It's just <laughs> us. Right back, right back to, to normal. To our roots, to our roots. You know, we're gonna take a little take a little interview break to to bring you some thoughts from Dave and Dev the OGs. You feel me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. I'm excited. Yeah, man, for sure. Well, hey, listen, before we get into anything else, man, we got to we got to run this uh run this hip hop contest track back for y'all. All right. So, our winner for this week for the second time in a row, Titus Haskins. Once again, Check out Titus Haskins' Set Me Free Remix. Bro, is anybody going to beat him? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's drop it. My people, they won't let me be. Won't you set me free? Pray this on me. Pray for me. I feel empty. Pray for me. I feel lost and unholy. My whole life is on for me. God, can you please uphold me? God, can you please console me? Raise my faith. We're changing the point because you are my anchor. Shout to holy. Yeah, records you living. There's something I'm missing because I ain't the person I'm supposed to be. Give me a second because I've been rejecting your grace like you were the enemy. You are my rock and feet when I walk and you are my voice when I can't speak. I can't think. Give me strength because I am weak and I don't know. I don't know exactly where I'm supposed to go. I know that I'm young and I should hurdle all my obstacles, idols. I changed up my plans and took a hold of me. Hold the beat. I'm about to tell you how I feel, but you don't feel me. I'm showing you the real me. Though my dirty rags are filthy, I'm constantly feel guilty. I don't have to feel that way. I know there's brighter days ahead. Yeah. God, please break my chains. Set me free. Set me free. Lord, please set me free. Yeah, Lord, please set me free. Lord, please set me free. All right, man. Well, hey, listen, we're gonna be running it again. If you want, so to, you gotta drop. If you want to get this man off the throne, if you think, hey, man, those bars were nice, but I can, I can, I got, I got more fire. <laughs> Send it to Dave and Dev. Send it to our email at Dave and Dev. Dave and Dev podcast at gmail.com. Yes, Dave and Dev podcast at gmail.com. And we'll get you on there. And let's see if you can knock off 
the king right right now. Titus is the king of the hip hop contest right now. He is. See if you can knock him off. He is. Shout out to Titus. That that joint's fire. So, but you know, he really is. Funny, though. I, I, I mean, I, I do enjoy it. He went in on it. All right, man. Cool. So, what we're about, I guess, tomorrow or the next day makes a week into the NBA bubble. Uh, what do yeah. you What are your thoughts so far, man? Oh man, so many thoughts. Okay, so. The restart changes everything for everyone. Fact. And it's so interesting because, again, I've, I've said it on the podcast before, but the NBA is the best league in the world. Preach. And you cannot convince me otherwise. Uh, so we, we now are in this bubble, and they do testing every day to these players. And they have zero cases Whoa. of COVID, which is – Amazing, because they've been in the bubble for about almost a month now, right? Uh, it's been like three weeks, I think, yeah. Because they did yeah. like 10 days before the start of the season. Yeah. They started scrimmaging, and they were there like five days before that. So, yeah, it's been like three weeks. Yeah, and the games have been ultra competitive. Super. Which I'm except, for, uh, except for the one uh, who beat somebody by 40, and there were no fans after the third quarter. <laughs> oh, that was the, Clippers, the Clippers and the Pelicans. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but for the most part, the they, game they've been ultra competitive, though, for sure. Which is awesome. So that's been that's been really cool to see. Um, I'm I'm super excited that the NBA is back. I, I know that there was some concern that this was going to take away from you know a lot of the messages that people are trying to get out there about racial equality in the country, but in some ways, I think it kind of helps. But we'll get to that topic later. Um, Dave, what do you think about the the restart so far? Man, I'm. I'm really happy that the NBA is back. Let me just <laughs> let me just say that first and foremost. You're running out of stuff to watch on Netflix. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, man. No, I I'm really pleased about the competition. Uh, you know, being a guy that kind of grew up. I mean, you're you in the same boat, like in the AAU culture. Like I never played AAU basketball, but like that, like camp style. Like, hey, we're gonna run all these games in one day. Like. It's just super Dude, it's so fun. Because, like, you, you bring that up. I actually played an AAU tournament where they're playing at right now. Ain't that crazy? My last AAU tournament in high school was at where they're playing at right now. And, it, and then, like, the worldwide of sports is an amazing place. Yeah. For, like, you get to see all this competition there, but it's, a, it's an amazing venue. So it's perfect venue for all this to, to go down at. But, yeah, I mean, it, it does feel like one big professional AAU tournament. Right? And, and honestly, you know, one of my, like, favorite times of the year is the first weekend of March Madness because it's just, like, game after game after game. And that's the way this feels right now. And it feels like, I don't know, to me there's, like, this, like, hyper level of focus right now because there's yeah. really no distractions. Like, you're in the bubble. Like, obviously you had Lou Will going and getting wings. Um at a gentleman's <laughs> club. <laughs> yeah. But like yeah. minus that and probably a few other isolated incidents, it feels like everybody's super focused on the game and I really appreciate it. And uh, I- I'm enjoying watching it, man. I think that, uh, I think that we're seeing like a lot of guys that are, you know, really healthy and they're playing really good basketball. I mean, there was a r- rusty few uh, scrimmages there. First couple games were a little rusty, but it's been yeah. good to watch, man. But they did it. They did it so well um, with the scrimmages at first to get everybody warmed back up. But then once they started these official games, and I, I really do like the uh, the new kind of restart rule that they're having in for the eight seed, um, the playing game. Have you heard about this yet? No. What is it? 
So if you're if you're the nine seed and you're within four games of the eight seed, there's a playing game to get the eight seed. Oh shoot. I did not Which know that. Which makes the Western Conference so exciting because you got all these people who are fighting for a nine seed because they're going. I mean, they're they're all within games of the eight seed. Man, so it encourages the eight seed to keep winning and encourages the nine seed to keep trying to get in because you're going to have that that playing game. So like, if Portland can get to that nine seed, then Portland's going to play. Dude, and what a tough Portland team to face if you're an eight. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's. Yeah. It, the the Western Conference is so deep, man. It's so crazy to me. And it changes everything because Portland's healthy now. Yep. Like the reason why they weren't they weren't doing so well is because they they weren't healthy. Yep. Zach Collins, Nurkic, they were both out. But now you got, uh, I mean, now they're healthy and they're in the start lineup. Now they got Melo with them too. Yeah, it just makes it hey, so much more skinny, interesting. Skinny Melo too, bro. <laughs> I mean. He's yeah. uh, he's uh, revitalized his uh, his body a little bit, but yeah, and I think that we you think back to what uh, we were talking earlier in the year, like February time, and Dame was kind of dealing with some injuries here and there. So to see him healthy, I mean, the whole team, like you're saying, is really healthy. That's a that's a fun team to watch for sure. Um, so one of the one of the most interesting things that's going to happen is James Harden is rested, and he's playing and he's- defense, bro. Because the the big thing, the big knock on him was he's he's always tired in the playoffs because he plays so many minutes and gets so much usage out out of him. Well, him and him and Russell Westbrook are rested. They look fresh. They have four months of rest, and they're going into. I mean, the playoffs start really soon. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I think their backcourt is just. I mean, it, that's got to be man. I mean, can we say that that's got to be the best? I mean, one-two guard combo ever. I mean, seriously. I mean, I, I think that Steph and Clay are better shooters as one and two. Yeah, See, that's the thing. I wish that they were in the playoff race because it would be interesting to see what they would do too. Yeah, I agree. But I, I, I think it is kind of interesting to see. I mean, you got two of the last three MVPs, right, in yeah. your backcourt. I mean, that's that's nuts, bro. That's and then, That's crazy. On the other side, I mean, the team that really – so there's a couple teams. Let's stay in the West right now. Yeah, yeah. So right, like right now, I think Denver. Denver's solid. And then I think that – so, like, with them healthy, Michael Porter Jr. looks – Bobo looks good. really good. And, I mean, he's yeah, kind of being so a little bit of a phenomenon right now early in the bubble because people are actually able to watch him where I think he was a little under um, – yeah, and that's I'm another thing. I really like getting to see the teams that I, I typically don't – I'm not able to see. I so wholeheartedly like, agree, yeah. So, like, I think Denver looks good. Uh, the Mavericks, their offense is crazy good. Yeah, Luka just dropped a 30-20 triple-double today. He's like – Yeah, the, so that's, that's – and Russ. And then, I mean, obviously, like I said, like we already mentioned, Portland is, is scary, and then Houston is, is good up there too. Obviously. So it's going to yeah. be a super competitive – like it, like it is always. I mean, obviously, you got the two teams in LA yeah. that can do their thing. But see, this is what this is the thing. Out of the West, like I know it should be pretty easy. Like you, you can say, like man, like it, LeBron is the favorite out of the West. Yeah, I think so. But I think rest changes everything. Like, yeah, gonna, but I going to be more seven game series coming out of it. <laughs> I think so too. I think it's going to be extremely interesting to see. And, and you just mentioned rest, but I mean, 
has LeBron ever been rested ever coming into the playoffs? I mean, you talk about minutes. I mean, you said that about Harden. I think you could say the same thing about LeBron in every single one of his playoff runs. Yeah. Um, so, so to see him rested and to see AD playing the way he's playing right now, bruh. I yeah, mean, that's, that's the thing. I don't know if the rest actually hurts or helps LeBron yet. I mean, because – Yeah, I think, we'll, I think time will tell. I think we'll yeah. see kind of how that goes. But I, I think just having him, just having that rest for the last few months, I think it'll be helpful. That's just me. But I, I do see where you're coming from because he's kind of just a machine and yeah. he's just so used to going, 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 you know. So that is, that is interesting to see. I think that uh, – I think the team that – I don't know, like when I look at the West, like the Clippers, man, like they're the team that I think is so hit or miss right now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you just yeah. saw them get get beat by the Suns today. And now, granted, Book went off. He played a great game, had a, made a great shot over Kawhi and PG. But it's like, I don't know. That team just feels so – like, what team are you going to get what night, right? And I'm sure mm-hmm. that once the playoffs come, Kawhi's going to step up onto another level. PG's going to step up onto another level. But I just don't know, man. I, that team is I, – I think when I look at those top, like, three or four teams in the West, like, I see them being the team that's, like, the most – you know, bang or bust. Like they're either gonna win it all or they're gonna lose in the first round. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I just don't yeah. know. I don't I don't know what to expect from them. Like I kinda know what I'm getting when I see Houston. Uh you know they're you know they're gonna hit thirty threes or they're gonna miss fifty and lose. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You, you got that works man. But you know I, I'm curious to see how it goes and uh, I think that the West is super tough. So what are your thoughts on the East so far? Yeah so going into the East uh so right now you got the Bucks that are first, but the Raptors surprisingly, I mean, to me it was a surprise because I thought, you know, you lose, you lose a finals MVP like Kawhi Leonard, like you're going to go down, but they, there's, they haven't missed a beat and uh, they're second right now. And one of the teams that's, so the Raptors are, they're, they're a surprise team for me. They're, I think they're going to sneak up on some teams because um, Siakam's a lot better than I thought he was. Mm-hmm. Um, so is Van Fleet. And so, but then you go look at teams like my kind of the sneaky teams that I'm, you know, you're kind of looking at are the Heat. Yep. They're super, super sneaky. The uh, the Pacers with TJ Warren and how he's playing. And then somehow the Sixers are the, are the sixth seed right now. And they're going to be a tough matchup for somebody. But I think that like, you just never know because the Sixers play so well at home, but they play so terrible on the road. So, like that 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 changes things. You're on a neutral court. You don't know what what you're going to get. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think that is a, I think that is a good point because you have a lot of team that teams that really thrive off of having home court home court advantage um, because of where they play is so tough. And so to kind of be neutral, it is interesting to think about. Um, you know, I was sitting there thinking about the um, the Bucks. Yeah. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I think the East is tougher than well, – I, I think at the beginning of the year, I thought the Bucks were shooing to win the East. I'm not going to lie. I don't know. But, anymore. but anymore, I mean, the way the Celtics are playing, the way the Raptors are playing, like you said, the, the 76ers are going to be a tough out. Um, I think it's a little bit more crowded in that top five or top six of the East than I think we originally thought. I think the bubble is really showing that. Yeah. Um, 
with, with rest, with the competition, and you see the Pacers, they're, they're sneaking up. And I told you, isn't that funny, bro? I told you that the most surprising person to me, I, if y'all listen to a podcast from mid-February, uh, it was my first NBA game that I got to go to, was to see the Pacers. And I told Devin the most imperson- impressive person on the court to me that night was TJ Warren. Yeah, um, He was big and fast. And he he reminded me of of Kawhi in a different uniform. They he got played well defensively for cash considerations. They got him. That's a steal. Yeah, and he's just like he is low key, bro. He's that game against the Bucks. He scored eighteen in the first quarter, and he it looked effortless. Yeah, like bro, like it's just like I think that he's better than a lot of people think, and he's played in such small markets. Like you know, Indianapolis is a pretty small market team in comparison. Yeah, like. He he's a he's a hooper, and I know you know because you played against him. So, uh, but yeah, I think I think him and a healthy Vic Oladipo, uh, Zabonis, um, he's super solid. Man, it's, I think the Raptors, like you said, that's the team that everybody w- was ready to write off just because they lost Kawhi. And I mean, I think they're proving us all wrong right now. Yeah. So let's. So I'm gonna make a prediction right here. Go ahead, tell it. Out of the out of the East. I know that we throw shots. I'm still not going to give up on the Bucks. I still think they're going to come out of the East. Now, I think it's going to be tough, but I'm going to go with them. Oh, so go, you got the- I got the Bucks coming out of the East. And out of the West, I think this is the year that the Rockets come out of the West. I got to do it for Willie Cruz working for the Rockets. Hey, shout out to Willie. I know he listens to this. Second guest on the podcast, if y'all haven't heard it. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm going with the Rockets coming out of the West. I'm going, I'm going, I'm going with the La Familia. <laughs> For sure. No, I think that's a really solid prediction. Um, I'm going to go a different course. Okay. Uh, man. I think I think I'm gonna stick with the Bucks out of the that out of the East. I, I do think that um, they're they're the best team in the East in a seven game series. Like I just I can't imagine them being shut down like that. Um, and then out of the West, I, I gotta go with my boy Braun, man. I I just feel like and it's a safe it, pick. But here's the thing that worries me about the Lakers is how well is Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith gonna play? Yeah, that. It, that's very true, and Danny Green, who's been kind of inconsistent. Yeah, but so the, if they play well, yeah, they're shooing to win the whole thing. They win it for Kobe. It's going to be a bunch of tears, bunch of celebration, especially in Disney yeah. World. You say you don't have to say we're going to Disney World. We're staying at Disney World, <laughs> right? And, I mean, and it's all good. But that's my big thing. And then, how well does LeBron get into playoff mode? Yeah, right away. Because I mean, for sure, it's it's October when you're playing the finals. Yeah, no, that's that's very true. I'll be really curious to see how they play. I just think I can't bet against a healthy Braun and AD if they can stay, you know, the course. So, yeah. and I think the supporting cast is going to make all the difference. I mean, I think you're right. I think that they're they're going to win or lose on the backs of the people around the two. The you know the the two big monsters. You know, yeah. I think that's the that's the thing is that. 
because if either of them, you know, because gosh, I mean, they can't even if they average forty points a game between the two of them. Where's the other thirty going to come from to win a game? So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Um, the Rockets, man, they they do look good. I think their small ball presence is unreal. But the thing about the Rockets is, is that if they, if they're not hitting threes, it's over. I mean, it, you yeah. saw that last year against the uh, against the Warriors. I mean, they missed like. 27 threes in one half. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a tough one to, to roll against. But, yeah, I think that um, the bubble is just proving and providing some really great play. And uh, I want to I wanna transition here real quick to a little bit uh, more, I, I guess, serious topic in regards to the this bubble. The, but, new, the news topic of the week. Yeah, for sure. Well, well first, before we get there, I want to say one thing. Like, like I'm – <laughs> I mentioned this last week on the podcast when Dan was on, but like for me, like if you're not watching the NBA because you feel some type of way about people kneeling and you love basketball, like you're really only harming yourself. Like, let me just like keep that 100 right quick. Like this is really fun ball to watch and like you're missing out straight up. Like, let me just like keep it 100. Like I think that it's, it's one of those things that I get it. Like, you know, you have convictions, like all these things. But, like, if you're just watching because you're mad because LeBron kneeled and put his fist up in the air before the first game, like, I get it. But, like, come on, I'm telling you. Just, like, if you love sports and you love basketball, like, you're just hurting yourself. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, these guys don't care if you don't watch it. I'm telling you right now. All right. that's all. Let me get off my soapbox just real quick. All right, Devin. So, um, real quick, yeah, like you said, the – uh, kind of topic of the week in the NBA, um, Jonathan Isaac. So, if why don't you explain a little bit about what happened and kind of what the aftermath was? Of that. It's a simple, simple story here. Is that okay? So, obviously, there's some racial tension going on in the country. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> so, NBA players have decided to do things to show racial to show solidarity. Uh, with each other, uh, things such as putting uh, different social justice things that they wanted wanted to play for on their back. So, like you see th- things like education reform and equality and Black Lives Matter. Okay, and then there's there's also been at the anthem. Uh, most of the players have been kneeling. Most of the players and coaches have been kneeling. Uh, in solidarity, the kneeling started with Colin Kaepernick years and years ago, um, but it's just to show solidarity through this, you know, racial tension. It's just been a thing that he's been that they're that they're they're fighting for. Uh, what would you say, Dave? I mean, they're kneeling. I'm basically for police brutality. Yeah. So, yeah. So they're kneeling. They're kneeling against. They want to change. Uh, you know this this the system of policing that we have in the country. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so all that being said, there's been other people who have who have stood um, because of their personal convictions. Uh, uh, his name Miles Leonard. Myers Leonard. Yeah. Myers Leonard uh, from the Miami Heat. He has a, he has a brother that's in the in the military. I think he's in the Marines. Yep, and uh, he he stands. Uh, he said he 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 stands in solidarity with his with his teammates, but he also stands in solidarity with his brother. So he just right. it's no big deal. Greg Popovich he stands as well. 
Um, there's no no big deal. Uh, he served in the, in the Navy, and he says that you know this is this is something that he just feels convicted to stand by. Greg Greg Popovich has been real from the jump, so nobody's uh, his conviction. Ain't, ain't nobody questioning Greg Popovich. That dude has been outspoken as can be. Yes. So then Jonathan Isaac stands up. Okay, and his and he he stands up and asks him, "Why do you stand up?" He also was the was he the only player on the court with not without a Black Lives Matter shirt on, or I can't yeah. remember. Yes, that he was the only person without a Black Lives Matter shirt on. And Myers Leonard and Greg Popovich were both wearing the Black Lives Matter shirts. Continue, sorry. Yes, so he he stood up, uh, and he and he 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 said he did it for what he believes in, um, and his his explanation was the gospel. And that's and listen, I I will say I'll, I'll I'll quote exactly what he said. If I I don't think kneeling and putting on a T-shirt for me personally is the answer. I feel the answer to all the problems and all the things that goes on in our lives is Jesus. Black lives are supported in the gospel, and all lives are supported in the gospel. Okay, and uh. I mean, he, he went on to comment some more things about that, but that's the gist of it. All right. So, Dave, with that being said, what do you what do you what do you think about that? And so let me let me just finish off this quote real quick. He said, we all stand and the answers to all the world's problems, is not just racism, is the true is the true gospel of Jesus Christ. All right. So, Dave, what are your thoughts? Oh man, I got I got to tackle it first, huh? All right, so you know, let me let me first start off by saying that I one hundred percent agree with everything that Jonathan Isaac said about the gospel. Yeah, and um, you know, for me, this is something that for the last gosh five six years, the reason that I have been so compelled to be in these conversations and to be a part of um, you know, actions and motives towards reconciliation in general have been fueled by the gospel, right? Like, I think it's, I think we can safely say that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I want to, I want to put that out first as the basis for what I'm about to say. Okay. So the second piece is, is that from jump, I, I mean, I can confidently say that I was 100% behind Colin Kaepernick kneeling. Um, I, I think that we had a podcast the next week after he kneeled and my response was, I wanted that to be, I wanted there to be a form of protest. I wasn't sure about the kneeling during the anthem, but I supported him because of why he did it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so again, I say that to say that I do agree with Jonathan Isaac. However, I think that if it were me and I were in his same shoes, which I'm not, right? I am not a freakish, athletic, <laughs> six foot eleven uh, black dude that plays for the Orlando Magic, yeah. um, who also happens to be a Christian. What I would have done, or what I think could have, had a very great tonality a great message behind it for Jonathan Isaac was I I think had he kneeled 
and not worn the shirt and showed some solidarity, I think that would have been a really impactful statement to follow that up with, right? Yeah. Because if you rewind this podcast back like four minutes when I just mentioned something about people not watching the NBA because of this, y'all know what happened when this clip started surfacing. People, hot, hot Twitter fingers, hot Facebook fingers. They get out. They start sharing it. Hey, you know, this guy, like, he's got the right answer. Listen to him. And he, like, becomes the, like, token black guy, right, for yeah. one second when nobody knows who this cat is. Like, I watched this dude play two years ago in college. Like, I know he's a hooper, and I know he's a Christian because I've been knowing who he was. Yeah. But, like, y'all come out of the woodworks and be like, oh, yep, here it is. Here's the one, you know. Yeah. And it's just, like, it's really frustrating. And it's just really, to me, like, it, there's a really fine line here. So let me say this. Like, I understand that there's a really fine line of uh being in the world and being of the world and blah 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 like i get all that but like there's a there's a semblance of um where hey look our witness can come across really well when we show some solidarity and what solidarity means is that you are attempting unification right Mm -hmm. to me that doesn't mean you unify with every single thing somebody believes right but like you you join alongside them and you say, hey, look, I'm not wearing the T-shirt because I can't get behind the organization. Yeah. But let me share this with you. I believe that black lives do matter because the gospel fuels my idea that all lives matter. And so, yes, I I and Jesus is the answer. So let me join and lock arms with you and, and kneel with you as I think we should be fighting for people to have, um, you know, to be escaping from fr- uh, oppression. Right. And they should be yeah. free. And like we're going to lock arms in that because the gospel tells me to. Right. And, and I, again, and, I think we all see that differently. So and I, that's just my thoughts. That, that part, like I get is that he so we we've talked about this organization of Black Lives Matter several times in this on this podcast. And we we've all every single guest that we have said has said either they're controversial or it's trash. Like like in, in terms of like what they believe. Right. But we can we can agree like on the statement. Facts. And I think what is going on. So here, here's my thing. Like with Jonathan, with Jonathan Isaac, what he said, I completely wholeheartedly agree um, with, with, with what he with what he said and what he stood for. Literally, figuratively, he, he stood, yeah, right. He literally stood for and figuratively stood for. Right. I can get down with that. My problem is is when people who are who were starting to get uncomfortable in their racism start to get more comfortable in their racism by toting up this this token black guy be uh like as the exceptional negro right like that like and i and i say that using academically like because like that that is like i i don't like that is when is when people start to get more comfortable in in sin and towed up and towed up one guy. Now, now whether you say, "Hey, man, good for this dude for standing up. Good for this dude, man." Whether you stand, kneel, sit, 
crawl, whatever you do, like it to me, it's just an action. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't mean much to like to me, like I don't quite understand why we're playing, why the national anthem plays before every game anyway. Um, the, I did a little research on it this week, and as far back as I can trace it is that uh, Woodrow Wilson in 1916 started to enact it, and Wood, Woodrow Wilson um, is goes down as one of the most racist presidents that we've ever had in this country. Um, he, showed, he showed Birth of a Nation, the, the, nation, the Ku Klux Klan propaganda video twice in the White House while he was in office. And uh, so, like, if that's what we're playing for, maybe we need to reevaluate it. Yeah. Um, so, so like, and I, I don't know, I don't know if that's if all that stuff's factual or not. Like, sure. But if if it like, I don't know. Like to me, you're just making a gesture. The, re- the rest of the time, we're just playing the game. Like, what what your actions and and I think he he, ad- he addressed it pretty well. I wish he would have had more time to flesh it out. Is that the gospel? Like you said, the gospel allows us to enact justice. Right. Uh, to be able to to stand in there for the most for the the marginalized and the oppressed and the least of these for sure yes and so uh, but I get it microphones hot in your face they kind of like teed it up for him to make a sound <laughs> they they did I think that first reporter was like uh it I mean she didn't come across this way but the question was like so you don't think Black Lives Matter <laughs> I mean yeah. I don't it was like oh all right man that's, yeah, a, they, that's, they that's pretty straightforward they kind of set him up and I hate like. So one, like I hate when people just tote this guy up as like just a token black guy. I, that right. bothers me. And two, I hate that they set him up like that to seem to make him look like the ignorant Christian. Yeah, exactly. So it, it was a lose lose situation that he was getting into. Um, I, I'm sure he thought. I, I'm sure he thought a lot about it, like going into it. But it just seemed kind of, you know, for sure. Hard. It's just like one of those situations that I. I think we've all navigated this. If you have been at all in any kind of racial, um, like just conversations, like you hear that one person that, I mean, like if I can just keep it real with you, that they got some real racist tendencies in their life and they go, well, I got one black friend or I got this group of black friends or I got a black family member and they don't think that way. Yeah. They don't think that there's white privilege. Yeah. There's always that one person that has that comment. And, like, it's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, and here's the thing is, is that, like, one, like, all these, all these words that are, like, quote, unquote, woke, right? So yeah. privilege and all these things, like, like, you have to understand the context and what that means, right? Like, privilege doesn't mean silver spoon, everything handed to you, right? It's just yeah. a leg up right it's just a leg up that's all it is and and by nature people with lighter complexion and european slash american sounding last names and first names (laughs) in general have a leg up on people that are black or brown or of you know another nation's descent you know what i'm saying like it's just very i think it's just a very common thing and like it's it's like you can do all the research you want. It just makes sense, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I say all that to just say that, like, like we get ourselves in these, and, and Dan mentioned this, I think, last week, these echo chambers, right? I think we do it with our news. We do it with, 
um, our sports. We do it with all these things. We get in these little echo chambers of people that think just like us, right? When we have an opportunity to expand that, and something I really challenged myself with after that podcast from last week is like, let me follow some people on my Facebook or my Instagram or whatever that maybe I disagree with, but I think that they bring up sound points and they're not just completely ignorant, right? Like, 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 let me do that and let me hear some differing perspective and opinion and continue to help me formulate my own opinion. And now are these people going to change my mind tomorrow? No, but my goal and my hope is, is like, let me see how I can read into what they say or share and help continue to form, especially if they're Christians to help me formulate even better opinions and thoughts and to go live out the gospel. Right. Yeah. And like, like I want to challenge if you're listening to this podcast right now and you were like, you like, yo, I'm here for the NBA talk fam. (laughs) Like if you've made it to this point in the podcast, like, let me just encourage you, like be friends, some people, and, and no matter what end of the spectrum you're on, be, and, and gosh, bless America, Deborah. And if we haven't said this 50 million times on the podcast, but like be friends on people that think differently from you and just learn, right? Yeah. Just learn. Just, just let yourself be willing to see a different side of things because I'm telling you, especially as a believer, like you're called to more of a middle ground than you're actually at right now. I, I truly believe that. And um, you know I, I think that for myself. I think that for myself wholeheartedly. And that's and that's so hard because, okay, so this leads me into the next kind of segment in this is that, like, the response that Jonathan I got was cancel culture right Straight away. Straight cancel culture. And, Absolutely. And, and, like, as a Christian, and I'd like for you to speak on this a little bit, Dave, like, like, how should a Christian deal with cancel culture? Well, I think this is, <laughs> gosh, I'm getting the weighty ones today, bro. Goodness. Um, so I think that there's a couple ways to, to think through this, right? So I think our society has just engulfed itself in cancel culture yeah. in such a way that it is so extremely toxic and i think think a little bit of that is because everything's politicized everything's politicized and i will tell you i will be the first to admit dude like i have fallen into the trap many times many times i'll never forget i think it was like two years ago me and you sat on the podcast bro and we were talking like yo do we cancel kanye i'll never forget it i think we literally have a title like kanye cancel question mark (laughs) like we were talking about it because he was talking about uh, slavery. Yeah. Right. And 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 all this stuff. And and like, listen, let me first say, like, as a disclaimer, like, I don't know what the heck is going on. In my dude, Kanye's brain, like, let, like, pray for my guy. Uh, he's got some serious mental health issues. But like canceling people because of one thing is extremely toxic. OK. And I think yeah. it's really important that we have to understand first and foremost We cannot place people on a pedestal, right? As believers, our pedestal is one stool high, and it's Jesus, right, fam? Like, one, there's only one person on the pedestal, and there ain't no other pedestals out there. And what happens is we start to elevate people and elevate people. I do this to pastors all the time. I'm like, dude, he's got this way with words. I love how he leads his congregation, da-da-da-da-da. And then 
I mean, it hasn't really happened yet to people that I've per se really done that to, but like, boom, then they get accused of something. That's like fall off bye, Right. And it's like that, that's a really toxic thing because bro, people aren't perfect. They make mistakes. Right. And what I'm not saying is, is that we just bend over backwards for everybody that makes mistakes, but no, as believers, we're called to ask for them to seek justice, to seek repentance, and to forgive them, right? Straight up, we're called to forgive people that wrong us. And if they're, we're called to forgive people that wrong us, then we sure as heck got to forgive people that wrong others, right? That's not even directly affecting us per se, right? Like I, I remember a few years back, um, the pastor out there, man, in the Northwest, uh, Mark uh, Driscoll. Yeah. I remember it being a huge thing because this guy is like, like a preaching, like machine, right? Like I know people that like Mark Driscoll, like led them to Christ from 7,000 miles away, right? Like, because he was so gifted with speaking and with presenting and sharing the gospel, but the guy had a real issue, right? Yeah. Um, he was, he was online trolling people, right? And uh, it was just something that, like, he was doing, and it was sinful, right? And so, boom, canceled, right? And and that, that, that's a problem because it's like, okay, yes, should he have lost his job for that? Should he have had some sort of ramification? Sure, by all means. But what we can't do is say, you know what, he's not a Christian anymore. And and if I ever see him again, I know that he's fake. Yeah, I think, like, yeah, I not think true. there's a difference between canceling someone and them being disqualified from the position. Correct. Facts. Yeah. And, and, um, and so a cancel culture comes from a self-esteem that you're better than. Yep. And so that, that's where it becomes very dangerous. And like you said, toxic for the believer to, to actually engage in cancel culture. So that, so that's, that's not good to, to do. And, and I mean, if you know, if you know gospel and if you know, if you have any reverence for the holiness of God, then you know that, you have no right to cancel someone because the one who should have canceled us didn't. Yeah. And so, uh, so then we go So like, then I get to like this next thing is, so Jonathan Isaac, the next game tears his ACL tragically. Yeah. And then now you get people on the other side, so this, you know, of, of people who said, who stood up for this man uh, and then you get people who really hated what he did, like, oh, he's a sellout, all this different stuff. And then now people are saying, look, karma. Look. Oh, yeah. And I mean, as a believer, man, you cannot engage. You can't, you, you can't, you can't, you can't be engaged in karma. And so, yeah. and, and for, so it goes on both sides. So you can't be one person who hated what Colin Kaepernick did and hate what Jonathan Isaac did because they're, they're literally both standing up for what they believe in. Absolutely. Okay. And then you can, can I, can I add to that real quick? Go ahead, Devrin? Go ahead. It, it, and let me just clear that up. It, and, and the reason that Devrin says that is because Jonathan Isaac stood and, and, and again, this is from the Christian perspective. Okay. Like you got to think about this. Like, unfortunately, if you're a non-believer, I'm not talking to you right now. Like <laughs> it, it, we can talk about that, you know, down the road, but like, if you're a Christian, you and and you are for Colin Kaepernick, you're for the kneeling and protesting, you cannot be upset with what Jonathan Isaac did because I mean you can disagree with it, 
but you can't say that what he did was wrong or out of you know out of pocket because he came out and explained himself and had a really solid gospel worldview from that. Yeah. So like I, I want to clear that up because here's the thing: is if Jonathan Isaac stood up there, right, and they asked him after the game, and he was like, "Man, I don't believe that junk. Like that's BS. Like I, I ain't never had anything happen to me in my life. Like Jesus, my Savior. Boom, bye. Right. And and like he didn't say that, bro. He was very respectful and very in tune with the gospel. And again. I disagree with what he did, his action, but I agree with his words. Okay, yeah. so I, I just wanted to clear that up because what I think where you're going, I just think it's an important vehicle to to get there. Yeah, and, and and then on the same on the same tip, like like so you so like I, I'll, I'll start back. You said you can't get mad at Colin Kaepernick, and you can't get mad at and then like you can't like accept Colin Kaepernick and then hate Jonathan Isaac for what he did, and vice versa. Yeah, and vice versa. Okay, but on the same thing, like you can't you can't celebrate when this man gets hurt. Like that's that's just first first of all, that's just you're a terrible person if you just disrespectful get excited about when when someone goes on an injury that's going to set him back like at least six months. Um, but like you can't you can't be you can't be a Christian and then believe in karma. The, those two things just don't they don't mesh. Christians believe in the sovereignty of God. Yeah. Karma has nothing to do with my actions are going to somehow like somehow man, you're gonna get paid for this, you're gonna get paid back for this. Right. <laughs> like, it doesn't it just doesn't work out like that. Ultimately, as a Christian, we believe that true justice is always going to be decided by God. And so because he he is he encompasses righteous righteousness. Sorry, I'm having a tough time talking right now. It's allergy season, man. Uh, but <laughs> but um, you can't it, it just kind of seems hypocritical to to do anything but just be like to do anything but support what he did. You can you can disagree of the methods that he did it, but it just kind of seems hypocritical just to to give a full staunch disagreement of what of like the reasons why he did it. Yeah. Especially yeah. especially if you're a Christian. For sure, for sure. I agree. And I, I think it's just really important to um you know just think about other people's welfare, right? Yeah. And so I, I this may be slightly off topic. Bear with me. I'm <laughs> you know how the podcast gets sometimes. Um, but like for me, like I just think about that in a lot of different ways, right? Like I think we just see so many people that are Christians and their first action is to hate on somebody else for XYZ, right? Yeah. Like I see a bunch of Christians talking about the um the unemployment, right? So, uh, obviously, I think here in the next little bit, the, the extra bump for unemployment ends. And let me first say that I'm sure that there are people out there, a small percentage of people that are taking advantage of this unemployment, right? Uh, like, but here's the thing is that there's some, a lot of people that are not, right? And I have seen Christians in the last couple of days saying they can't wait for this extra unemployment to end because they want to see people go out and actually go get off their lazy tails and get jobs, like, you know, it's, it's, why are you? It's like a hard thing to look at it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't. Like, you look at it like that. It just kind of seems heartless. Like, I, I get what you're saying, but it's still heartless. 
Like, bro, we're Christians. Like, God calls us to love people. And when you have that tonality and, like, you're talking down to other people, like, man, I'm so fortunate. Like, I've been able to maintain my job and maintain pay through all this. Like, I'm grateful. Why would I sit here and hate on somebody else who is not as fortunate as me? And yeah, again, as I said, I'm sure there are people out there taking advantage of the system. But like, even with that being said, like we're called to love others and we're called to care for the least of these. And like that method, that, that way of speaking, like it's irresponsible as a Christian. And like, like, I'm just, like, calling upon my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to, like, love your neighbor, bro. And and not just the one next door, but the one that's, like, three streets over and, like, kind of the rundown houses, too. And the one that's, like, six streets over that it's in, you know, public housing projects, right? Yeah. And then the one that's 12 streets over in the million-dollar homes. Like, you got to love all of them in a way, like, like, Jesus calls us to love in such a manner, and we see that fleshed out, you know, through Paul and in First uh, Corinthians and through John and First John, like, like, like loving like Jesus is is being sacrificial and caring and listening and, um, you know, seeking to understand and loving no matter what, and uh, it's got this persistence to it, right? Like, 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 go read that First Corinthians thirteen. Like, it's not just about loving your spouse. It's how you love other other Christians specifically, but like people will know us by our love, and like I would just urge you, like if you have a small social media platform of five friends <laughs> or five thousand friends, yeah, like that right now in isolation, those are your neighbors, and those are people that are seeing what you're putting out there, and they're seeing the hate that is being spewed. And those are people that hearts every day are becoming more and more hardened to the gospel. And you're helping that. And I think like when you're to, doing stuff like to that, first Corinthians 13 is uh, Paul's talking about the gifts there a little bit. And he, so he talked like how we can, how we can help and build up others. Right. Um, and so, so I think you're spot on with that a little bit. Like how, how, how can you like with your gifts and your talents and your, like, how can we love others using our gifts? And, right. um, it's like using your gifts to glorify yourself. That would be one of them that you wouldn't have any love at all is what he says. Right. And so, I mean, you bring on, you bring on good points, but you know, all, all this wrapped into, into one is just like, is it the NBA is the best league in the world. Facts. And I love that this happened. I love that the gospel was shared on the, on one of the biggest stages in the world. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I have I have my fair share of critiques with it. Um, like I wish that, that he was able to explain more. Like I said earlier. Yep. And like I, I don't know, Dave. What what would you have done in that situation? Like, would you have st- stood or kneeled? Kneeled, absolutely. Yeah. I, like I said, I I think that a perfectly acceptable response would have been to kneel and not wear the shirt. Yeah. If, if that's the way, he, I I think. I think that that would have came across in such a way that just like what you said, it would have shut down some of the hate that was that people came out with right away with the, Oh, take a look at this dude. He's, he's bucking the system. 
Like, no, he's not token the black guy of the system. Like, he even said it in there. Like, he talks about black lives being important because the gospel tells us all lives are important. So when we talk about black, I mean, and let me say this, too, if you've seen this meme floating around there. Like, black lives matter, the statement, does not mean that we're trying to elevate black and brown lives above all other lives. It's an attempt to bring them up in equality, right? Yeah. And I think that, like... It, it, no matter how you slice it, like people are going to feel slighted when they're pridefully being not being elevated. Right. And, it, and it, it, so with that, like, yeah. And so that's what makes this whole thing so interesting because it's happened on a huge stage. And so like I had, I had this conversation with my wife the other day and I was dead set on like, I would kneel, but then now, now I'm kind of like, I go back and forth. Like, like he had an opportunity like because he did that he had he had an opportunity to share the gospel absolutely and so like i go back and forth like man what what would i've done and answer, sure. like my answer today dave is i don't know what i would do like yeah i think that's fair i and i again i think for me too it's different though right yeah because i'm a white dude like yeah i'm puerto rican but like to the world i'm a white guy and so for me i think the solidarity of that moment would have been more important and the opportunity to speak afterward. Again, I, I, I think I, I probably would have worn the shirt as well. Um, that's just me. Uh, I'm a little more outspoken, I guess too. Yeah. But like, I think it's all about your platform. Right. And, and I think that if you're, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you saw my post, like, like I, I cannot, hate on the dude for what he did because again it gave him an opportunity to share the gospel and i think at the core he and i are probably on a very similar page our actions just look different right and that's okay everybody has a platform so use it especially as believers to love your neighbor and to love the people that are around the world that look like you don't look like you you'll never meet in your life it doesn't matter. Like we're called to love people and to be and to love them in truth. And I think the words of the scripture, you know, they point us to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think you're spot on this. I mean, it's a complex issue. It's not super complex. A lot, so like, a lot of these issues aren't just a binary of yes and no. Like, is it right or wrong? Like it's not, it's, it's a complex issue. And I think, that's what the thing I love about this podcast is one well, one of the many reasons because we flesh out these complex issues and we try to talk it out. Um, and then I like the conversations afterwards that happen on social media and, and such. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's good. And I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about this. Um, I'm actually kind of glad that we got to, it, like you and I got to talk about this, just like we're hanging out, um, getting back to that uh instead of like interviewing somebody. I love interviewing people, but I, I do like that we got to talk this out a little bit. Absolutely. It's definitely our roots. And if you know why we started this podcast, you know, I've mentioned on the 50th episode, like we started this podcast as an overflow from conversations on my couch at midnight, <laughs> you know, just yeah. talking up and, and, and chopping it up and, and learning more and growing together and coming to the table and being like, I don't really know where I stand on this. Like, let's flesh it out. And no matter what, like, I'm going to love you and you're going to love me and we're going to keep fighting through it. And so I think that's a beautiful thing. And like I said, man, God, I encourage y'all to please, like, if it's with us, if it's with, you know, whatever, like, 
continue to find spaces where other people don't think like you or will challenge you and not in a hurtful, harmful way, but in a manner to help you learn and grow and love more and grow in a deeper relationship with Christ or to come to know Christ for the first time. Like, please hit us up if we can be those people for you. Um, and I, I'm super pleased to, to do it. And I know Devon is too. And I'm grateful for our platform, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, look, man, it's been a good, good, good show. Um, enjoy, always enjoy talking to you. Talking about Absolutely. You, so, uh, until next time, my brother. Till next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.